Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Welcome to episode 162 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rotor-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the third episode of December 2015, and I am here for our Daikaiju discussion of King Kong Escapes. And joining me here in the studio, we have Brian and Rachel Cook. Hey, what's up? Hi there. Martin Vavra is here. Hey, hey. And Dave Helfrey, a.k.a. Baron Von Gulu. Thanks, Brian. Has arrived. And, uh, yes... You're all here. Thank you very much for coming. And we are going to be talking about King Kong Escapes very, very soon. Of course, we do have a couple of musical tunes to play, and we're going to do that right now. Stop hitting for 
from Scott and Isabella for King Kong by Tarantula Ghoul and the Gravediggers. Now, I was actually surprised to learn that Tarantula Ghoul was actually a Portland-based horror host in the late 50s, and it's kind of funny how many requests we got in this month, or for this particular episode, for King Kong-related songs. Not going to be able to play them all, but I thought it was hilarious. Now, the first song that we played was actually the Creeping Crud's Stomp Tokyo, and that was a request for John. And the middle song, and I think you'll see why I worded it this way, was called Doctor Who's Last Moments by Akira Ikfukube, and it's from tonight's movie. So once again, class, it is – ooh, I don't have this written down. Once again, class, (laughs) it is time for our Daikaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju Cast showcases one film from the giant monster landscape and tasks the listener with submitting their thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following discussion episode. Thanks to an online tool of randomly uh, assigned one movie to each month, ensuring that this podcast will keep going for a long, long time, which is my normal spiel, which is not exactly true because we're nearing the end of the Daikaiju discussion very soon. Anyway, we are talking this month about King Kong Escapes 1967. Yeah, uh, and this is actually I was thinking about this movie and how I don't know anything about it. Like you talk about the Godzilla movies and I've read books and I've watched documentaries, but – when it comes to King Kong Escapes, nobody covers it in that material, really. not. Yeah. I had to actually dig for it because it's not front and center. Nobody actually thinks of King Kong Escapes when you say giant monster movies. Yeah, it's just not on the forefront. So here's how this movie went down. In 1966, RKO licensed King Kong to Rankin-Bass to create an animated television show. Rankin-Bass, if you are familiar with the name, You'll know them from their holiday hits like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, etc. And so they went to pursue a company that would animate it because they don't animate it themselves, right? Sell animation. Yeah, sell animation. Not claymation. Not not, not stop motion. Stop motion, yeah. Right. There's a big difference between claymation and stop motion. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, uh, so they actually contacted Toei. Toei 
as Brian knows, like, cause he's nodding his head. Uh, you know, they made movies like the green slime, the magic serpent. Yeah. Uh, and awesome. they are also, their animation department did stuff like, Oh my gosh! What's it called? The, 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 the lion, what the Lion King was, you know? Oh, uh, oh Kimba. Kimba, Kimba, yeah, Kimba. Because uh, they didn't do Gigantor. They may have, but Possible. but the deal yeah. is a, that I, I don't focus on Toei oh, okay. animation. Yeah. But it's just one of those things. Like, oh my gosh, look at all these connections, right? Yeah. So Toei did the animation for the King Kong show, which uh, according was to, awesome. Uh, according to one a few sources. They did 78 episodes, and uh, the reason that's significant to me, at least, is because I bought the only two DVDs that are available with this TV show, and there were only eight episodes on those on those DVDs. <laughs> am, I, wow. am I the only one here who's old enough to remember that show being on TV? I am not old enough. I yes, for me. That the theme song is King. on my. Kong, yeah. you know <laughs> the, the name, name of, of King. Yeah. One, of, one of my favorite cartoon theme songs ever. It's a good theme. I will sure. sing that in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Dude, in Ten 2000. Times as big as a man. man. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Nice. You know it. Do you really think it's, it's awesome more, or was that sarcastic? In all fairness, more like four times as big as a man, but thank sure, you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, as far as the show. No, it's like I, no, I have, I am not being a bit sarcastic although it's totally fair for you to assume that um <laughs> no i loved that show when i was a kid right on yeah. okay. no and the theme song is awesome have, now who here has watched the cartoon i have you, I, Brian, you have i bought a bootleg of it back in the 90s really yeah <laughs> yeah many, baby how many episodes are on your bootleg it filled up an eight hour tape Ooh, yeah okay. then you definitely would probably have access to the episode uh, with Mechanicon. Yes, I did have that one. Because yeah. that fact, is that not was, on the DVDs. <laughs> that was actually the first episode on this bootleg that I bought. Because awesome. everyone a fine knew bootleg. That, that's yeah, everyone knows that's the episode that everyone's looking for. So, but I've lost that tape over the years, unfortunately. I wonder if Murray that's lost too bad. that theme song. Uh, I'm not sure, but. I bet he did. But I got to move along from yeah, the animated. <laughs> Sorry. Here, so Sorry. I know it's, yeah. it's totally no, 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 fun it's to talk about. It's good and stuff. I, I'm not trying to stifle the conversation. No, but no, no. moving right along, and it was significant from the standpoint of Toei working on it because it was the very first American production brought to a Japanese animation studio. So then Rankin Bass was like, well, we have the option here in our, our rights agreement to make a movie – they said, let's find somebody to do a movie, a live action version. And they immediately turned to Toho, which is hilarious to me because it must have had to do with money. It must have had to be like, oh, my gosh, look how cheap it would be to make a King Kong movie like they did it in 62. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Toho was already like salivating. They wanted to make another King Kong movie because if anybody remembers the original treatment for King Kong versus Godzilla was – Frankenstein versus the Prometheus, the Prometheus man. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and which then turned to King Kong and that whole thing spawned out of control and what turned into King Kong versus Godzilla. And then that movie did so well in Japan that it is actually the kaiju film that was the most successful. So every single kaiju film after King Kong versus Godzilla had to be held up to the standard of how much money that movie. Wow. Made. So, <laughs> Toho obviously was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we totally want to do King Kong. So they brought in a screenwriter to write a, a treatment for the movie, right? And in the, the cartoon, 
King Kong lives on Mondo Island. Okay. Just okay. that's interesting. They made a treatment that basically was like King Kong versus the giant shrimp. <laughs> and like you do. Rankin Bass was like, we don't like it. <laughs> so they crossed, basically crossed out King Kong, did a search and replace, and changed it to Godzilla. And that's why we have Godzilla, Godzilla versus, versus the Z. sea monster. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So then the rewrite of that script, which was, you know, from scratch, became King Kong Escapes. And that is what brings us to tonight's movie. <laughs> wow. That is so great. With Kevin Bacon. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Mechanical King Kong is one step away from giant shrimp in like the way they rewrite these movies? No, no, no I, I meant like uh, when they, Only they said, in, well, well, we're not going to go with the giant shrimp. Okay, how about the robot gorilla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go with that. But like yeah. they did, they basically, when they rejected the script, they're like, nope, all right, let's turn it into a Godzilla movie. And so, oh, right on. Yeah, because King, uh, yeah, sure. King Kong Escapes is 67. So uh, 66 was when they did Godzilla versus the sea monster. And then in the other Toho movie in 67 was um, that came out later in the year was Son of Godzilla, which is completely irrelevant to any conversation. I don't know why I brought that up. But <laughs> uh, so in 67, Toho released it in July on the 22nd. The movie has a number of classic actors from Honda's roster, including Akira Takarada, Eisei Amamoto, Yoshibumi Tajima, plus a few others joined the ranks. The beautiful Miehama, Haruo Nakajima, also a beautiful man, <laughs> played <laughs> King Kong. And uh, his co-star from War of the Gargantras, Hiroshi Sakita, played both Gorosaurus and Mechanicong. Mm. Some Americans were also signed up for the roles, actor Rhodes Reason who just recently actually passed away at the end of 2014, plays Commander Carl Nelson. I think it's Commander. Okay. And Linda Miller, who I believe was a model living in Japan. I'm not exactly sure about that last bit, but she was a model, not an actress. She got hired apparently because uh, somebody at Rankin Bass was like, she's cute, put her in the movie. <laughs> so <laughs> There are worse reasons. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I know about King Kong Escapes. It, that's what I was able to glean, at least, beforehand. There's going to be some really awesome stuff in this movie. So if anybody who hasn't seen it is uh, look, not looking forward to it, please change that mind and look forward yeah. to this movie because it is fun. And we're going to go watch it right now. I got a question first. Okay. Well, I got a question. Um, when did Mechagodzilla come out? Mechagodzilla is 74. So this predates Mechagodzilla. Yes. is the predecessor of Mechagodzilla. Yeah, a long time that ago, I actually said something about like how Mechagodzilla, is, it's awesome because it was the first time we'd seen a mechanical version. I was very quickly corrected by, <laughs> by some people that, yeah, uh, Mechanicon is actually the first that is mechanical version. And then, of course, that actually originated in the U.S. with the, the Rankin-Bass's cartoon, basically. Huh. Yeah, it's that crazy, man. It's crazy. That is interesting. I also like the whole th thought process behind. We have a giant monster to handle. Best way to handle that? Robot version. <laughs> yeah, of totally. Yeah. <laughs> that is obviously the best way to solve this problem. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? Uh, yeah, and actually, just a little tiny, tiny little trivia thing. If anybody is a fan of the Muppet Show, the original Muppet Show, who's not? There was an episode, an episode, a sketch, I guess, with. Dr. Benson Honeydew and Beaker, where they had a gorilla detector, and the head of the gorilla detector looked exactly 
like Mechanicon. <laughs> nice. Awesome. That's great. So anyway, we are going to go watch the movie right now, and yeah. we'll be right back to discuss the awesomeness. King Kong. Mammoth. Behemoth. Goliath. escapes and meets his greatest foe, the Kong of Steel. A gargantuan duel, unmatched by any battle in history. Thundering 60-foot robot Kong of Steel, creation of the evil Dr. Who, criminal genius who stops at nothing. Kong, once again, dig... for life against the copter squad. A thousand thrills as King Kong battles the serpent of Mondo Island. No, he's Kong! Hits himself against a nation's armament. And plunges a beautiful girl into a world of terror. King Kong in a duel to the death. So we just finished watching King Kong Escapes, and now we are going to discuss this movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think I already know the answer to this. Who here has not seen this before tonight? That would be me. And me. All right. So as the newbies in the room, what were your thoughts on King Kong Escapes? Oh, um, you can. <laughs> am, I, am I going you, first? You can go first. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed coming over here and spending my time with all of my bestest friends in Aww. the world watching. <laughs> this film. I know what kind of review that is. Wow. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think longtime listeners know that kind of review from our uh, Rachel? Oh, I hated the girl. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh my God, yeah. I hated her yeah. so much. It was like words stuck in my throat yes, for the whole film. The whole movie. <laughs> ah, I couldn't stand her. She was uh, so distracting. Oh, God. And all the teeth or lack thereof <laughs> I was film. I was distracted by this island earth's younger brother the whole yeah. time like I, I, kept, I kept wanting the, like the yeah. <laughs> the, the mutant from a the, 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 yeah, exactly. yeah. 
yeah. or have Cal's little sidekick come running into the scene. <laughs> hey, Cal. <laughs> All right. Okay, so those were the yeah. initial thoughts there. Okay. <laughs> so, Dave, you've seen this movie before. How many times have you seen King Kong Escapes? It's probably the sixth time I've seen this yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. Because, like, you know, it used to be on the creature feature. Oh, okay. It used, gotcha, to, gotcha. used to be on the creature feature batch in Los Angeles when I was, I don't know, nine, you know, or something like that. So I remember this movie was one of my, f- the first kaiju movies I'd actually seen. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. But I mean, I didn't see everything in, in chronological order. Of course. Order. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, you know, like earlier when we were talking about the, you know, which came first, Mechagodzilla or Me- Mechanicong. I'm not sure about that. Like but, um, no, I, I remember it, uh, some parts of it really vividly because I was so young. I remember when Kong just goes bananas. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, when, uh, and like, and like tears Gorosaurus's face open, which is so uncool. It's like, I remember being a kid going, why is there foam coming out of his mouth? What's happening? Here? And there's like, oh yeah, when you get your jaw busted open like that, you foam in the mouth. I was like, oh, well, that's a, a, that's a pretty, Nice piece of realism for a movie where <laughs> nothing else is realistic at all, and um, and that's really mean because it's like I, I remember being it a kid is. and sitting there going, but now the dinosaur is gonna just lay there and starve to death. That's horrible, and, and think of it like you know, no, no, King, it's not. That King Kong was a jerk. Yeah, but now seeing it again as an adult, which yeah. I haven't for for quite a while, it's like, um, now it's just like, oh, hey. Doctor Who's cape. That is, that is boss. Oh, there is man. some serious groovy yeah. late sixties business going on. With, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I missed uh, the, the Asian woman who was like his. Oh, Madame Thunder. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, Madame Piranha. Is that yeah. what? Was that her name? That's her name. Wow, yeah. I'm really disappointed. I missed that. Like that groovy set that she had. She was already yeah. like, it's like, well, James Bond isn't here, but you'll do. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get it on. You Which know, is like funny groovy, you say like, that yeah. because this was shot. Uh, I would imagine almost immediately after James Bond, because mm-hmm. or after you only live twice. Which yeah, was shot. At the like mid to mid sixty six to the beginning, like June, yeah. I think of uh, of sixty seven. So this m- must have started up right after she so she's totally had that femme fatale thing going on. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh pad, yeah, that I'm awesome Kissy Suzuki." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Brian, how how about you? Initial thoughts. How many times have you seen King Kong Escapes? Or if you had to guess, wow. Um. Probably, honestly, more than 50. Um, Whoa! Yeah. It's, Brian uh, likes monkeys. Yeah. Wow. That's a week yeah. of your life. I know. I know. I know. It has always been a great movie to put on in the background. So yeah. Yeah. I catch pieces here and there, like bits and pieces all the time. And, uh, I mean, I fell in love with it when I was a really little kid. <clears throat> and uh, it's always stuck with me. I mean, I love the King Kong movies. So, cool. Uh yeah, I'm 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 very uh, uh, capable of overlooking some of the things in the movie that are bad <laughs> to just focus in on what I love, and there's a lot to love. I, I so. may attempt to ask you at the end of the discussion where you rank this amongst King Kong films. Oh, I could totally do that. Okay, yeah. so we'll talk about that later. So initial thoughts for me, I guess I would say I've seen this movie a bunch. I really enjoy it. It was one of the movies that I sort of stumbled upon at Mike's Movie Madness here in town. And stumbled upon because they have a kaiju section, so it God could bless have stumbled them. too far. But it 
was one of the films that I remember not enjoying so much when I first watched it because I think I was looking for that like this is you know I'm looking at the best Godzilla film or the best kaiju film and like mm. the the suit the Kong suit probably just threw me for a loop you know and I didn't revisit it until it was available on DVD much 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 later it's a rough suit and uh it is a rough suit yeah. it is a rough suit and actually when I say available on DVD I mean like bootleg DVD so <laughs> yeah. you know I, well, I yeah. actually you know it's been so long since I've actually seen the Japanese version. I've the movie was unreleased on DVD here in America, like a legit version for a long time, and then it, all of a sudden, Universal was like, "Oh, you know what? We're going to put these movies out together on DVD: King Kong versus Godzilla and uh, and King Kong Escapes." And then they put out the barest of bones Blu-ray set that you know you could buy. Work it for was, me. It was a tough movie to find back in the day. A long uh, time ago, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my brother actually imported the Japanese, the Toho Laserdisc. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> its cover, by the way, is amazing beyond belief. But uh, he received it in the mail. It's and, not astounding beyond belief. Okay, it's astounding beyond belief. I would go there. Uh, but he got it in the mail, and I was you know, I was really excited because it was a hard movie to to find on cable and stuff. And I was like, oh, we're finally going to have it in our house. And the Laserdisc was smashed in about eight pieces no and that's back when laser discs were really expensive especially if you ordered them from japan that's terrible so probably 18 months later we got a replacement (laughs) but i loved it just as much once it came (laughs) nice now you got the toho version right Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. did do laser discs have like multiple audio on them yeah uh no not really not uh the most Laserdisc ever had was like a making of or a trailer. There's not gotcha. enough room on a Laserdisc to fit all that. So I'm with you. I love this film. Dave, I think you kind of love this film, right? I, pr- I like it a lot. It's, and Mechanicong is one of my favorite. Yes. Ki- if you could call him a kaiju. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I say why not. He's right? one of my favorite. And I know that my little uh, uh, Bandai figure is, I will, you know, I will. Be buried with that. <laughs> I love that little guy. It's so boss. Nice. Yeah, the Bandai figure's good. Actually, some really, really great Mechanicon figures have come out in the uh, in the recent years. This company Albatross, which Ooh. unfortunately makes uh, poly resin, or you know, the really brittle yeah. figures. Uh, it's like a resin, so it's like a statue. Uh, they made a Mechanicong, and I think they made a version that lights up, too. So it's oh, nice light cool. up. And Daddy wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, I guess just to finish out my initial thoughts, I do love this film. I, I And it's going to be – it would be difficult for me to talk negatively about this film, even though the flaws are so obvious and they're glaring <laughs> you, right? Staring Thunderous you right in the face. and epic. Uh, but I, I, I'm very interested to hear what you guys think about that. I mean, let's just go ahead and talk about the negative. What didn't you like about King Kong Escapes? I'm just going to start with Martin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was the most uh, terribly thought out and overly elaborate design to be like, I'm going after Element X. <laughs> And what am I going to build as a machine to get into there? How about a giant mechanical monkey to claw his way through there, hand over fist, to dig down into 
into the 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 uh, landmass here and and the ice and all this other stuff in the North and, Pole in the North Pole, which doesn't have land, but that's okay. Um, but uh, I just I it just it seemed like like that's it like that's the design like you've got some some entire nation on the hook for the paycheck and they're flipping the bill on this thing you're going after this thing i don't even know i don't even remember why they said they were going after element x i guess element, element x, x can would be... provide them with enough nuclear material okay so it was nuclear material i guess i missed the that but it was the radiation shielding that ended up they didn't have any shielding on kong and that's why he shut down in the beginning but it just it was it was like this whole science elaborate yes. <laughs> elaborate thing to get to it and then it, and you know and, and of course this whole thing is really about trying to get to a battle with those guys it was I was like, come on, just get to it. I just want to see the two big monkeys fighting it out. Can we just please get to it? And honestly, that was a lame battle at the end, and it, it didn't was last bad very battle. long. It was pretty bad no, battle. And, and that was everything that I, I wanted. I was just like, come on, let's get to it, man. This guy's, all right, I get it. He speaks English really well for a guy that's on not Skull Island. Can we just get it? Uh, <laughs> I, I will defend it in o- only in this way there from what you were just saying, that in the cartoon, mm-hmm. the kids and the, the, everyone is able to basically communicate with King Kong in the cartoon. Okay. Well, that's, see, that's expanded universe stuff. That's not fair for <laughs> I the think, folks that have to. I think this, the movie is more of an expanded universe item than the actual original cartoon was yeah <laughs> anyway all right so i guess rachel unless martin wants to continue no i don't need to dig a deeper hole with the fan base of this show <laughs> it, i i'm at a loss i i kind of expressed my hatred in the beginning i guess but um but I didn't like the suit at all. I I thought it looked terrible. I the just, Kong suit. The Kong suit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gore Source looked awesome. I, <laughs> um, I, I guess for me, the biggest hatred that I have is that it doesn't have the same charm for me as as King Kong, the 1933 King Kong and 79 and, uh, or is it 79? Yeah. 76, 76, 76, sorry. 76 and, uh, the 2005 versions. Like I usually fall in love with King Kong in a movie and I just adore him. And I just, I totally love the love story between him and like Fay Ray's character and stuff Mm -hmm. in the movies. And, and usually it's really kind of like, I don't know, such like a magical story to me. I don't know. I just, I usually just fall for it. And then this movie did none of that for me. And it was heartbreaking. And I was just like, this is not what I think of when I think of King Kong at all. That's actually a very strong, very thought out criticism. Yeah, that, Um, that makes a lot of sense. So. So Actually, I just yeah. sidebar sidebar. Yeah. Did you hear about the handsome gorilla in Japan that like? No. <laughs> okay. Like a real gorilla. We'll have to talk about it later. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was like a news story. It was like a fluff oh, news piece from well, last year. Yeah. Must read uh-huh. about this handsome gorilla. Is it Brian? He sounds charming. <laughs> <laughs> so much like Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, well, speaking of Brian, Brian, give me something negative about the film. 
Mm. Um, it didn't start again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I would have to say that Rachel's uh, right in that I, if I may elaborate on your point, I think it's one of the weaker female opposites to Kong. In, sure. In the sure. in the there's always that good chemistry between the woman and and the ape that loves her in these movies, and uh, yeah, she uh, like yeah, annoying voice and that kind of thing. That, that are hurts. you sure? Yeah, <laughs> and and a lot of that's got to be dubbed, so you know. But still, you know what she's saying right now. What? Put me down, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> down. Yeah. I'll put her down. Insult me. <laughs> Make me feel terrible. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's, that's that's the worst. Worst. It make me look fat. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, we like to have fun. <laughs> that's one of my only negatives, but it's not 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 a harsh criticism. Right, right. Not enough to make you not love the film. Not at all. All right. Well, Dave, what would you have to complain about in this film? I don't know. You know, it's um. You know, you could say it's like it drags in the middle and everything. Like a lot of the, um, uh, well, like a lot of these movies do whenever a giant monster isn't on the screen. Sure, to be yeah, perfectly yeah. honest. But, um, you know, again, the whole thing is just so goofy. Well, it's and super you, Saturday you know, morning cartoon. It's super Saturday morning cartoon. And it's just, it's it's hard to like, it's like, well, it's, you know, that, I don't know. I, I'm in. I guess when you when you really go down, I love you know I love you know I still think what's there to complain yeah, about? Like I, right? like, you know, it's like I said, I still think Tom Baker is better, but I love Doctor Who in this. Um, <laughs> I you know it's the uh, the cape is just is just so good. There's no explanation for it. There's no like there's he just wears this cape. You know, it's everywhere. a fashion trend, and uh, you know the uh, uh, and he's making it. Oh no, it's, he's forging you know, it's, that trend. It's so funny, and it's and the you know just the dichotomy between the teeth on his upper jaw and the teeth on his lower jaw. <laughs> oh god, it's just just that alone. Yeah. Just like, You're gonna give Rachel nightmares. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just kind of like, more nightmares. And, yeah, and but the you know, and of course the just the the awesome Mechanicong. You know, I love the giant. Um, the you know the giant gorilla hypnotizing disco ball which yes. we you know we we just happen to have the yeah. thing you know the thing that you know the, like what Martin was commenting on it's like I love it. it's like we need to get this radioactive meteor out of the North Pole well of course we're gonna build a giant robot gorilla to dig it out it's like, yeah. oh wait the giant go- robot gorilla didn't work oh you know what we should have been using a real giant gorilla yeah. that makes so much more sense. It's like at what point? How is it that like this guy is like surrounded, like being he's being bankrolled by other you know countries and everything? And at no point does anybody just go, really? <laughs> giant, we're giant, we're back to giant gorillas. We could just like, rent a really? ditch witch. Yeah, really? <laughs> no, really? I think, I think Rankin Bass said really, but they yeah. said it about the last script. And this one, they were like gold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The sh- the shrimp's too much, but yeah, yeah, you know yeah. this works. <laughs> but it's 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 funny. I, I do actually like this better than Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster in agree. terms of a fun movie. I'm not saying the suits are quality. I'm just saying in terms of fun movie, and I really enjoy uh, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster. Yeah, I put him, in, but you know, I'd put him about on par. You sure, know, honestly, sure. you know, with with those two. Yeah. But I do think that uh, if I was going to nitpick something from a production design standpoint, um, Rachel touched on it a little bit. Gorosaurus is 
gorgeous. The sculpt on his suit, the mm-hmm. you know the the interesting way that they they put the segmented plates on his tail, how it ends with like almost a stinger, which is never used in any mm-hmm. of the movies that he ever uh, uh, appears in. You know the um, the different you know scaling of different parts of the body, the color scheme, and everything. And meanwhile, the title monster looks like he's been duct taped into an old bear rug. <laughs> it's like, what the hell, guys? You know, I mean, it doesn't surprise me a bit. We're like, you know, we really need to dust off that Gorosaurus costume for all monsters or for uh, destroy all monsters. Right. You yeah. know, we really got it. It's great looking. And I'm a little surprised they never dusted it off again. Um, they but, did, actually. Did they? I thought it was only in two not movies. in the movies. Oh. Yeah, so Gorosaurus appears in... Uh, Is he one of the Ultra Shows or something? I think he's in Green Man or God Man. Don't quote Who? me on that. God Man? That's a little pompous, <laughs> isn't it? It is. Presumptuous? Yeah. It is. The dude looks like a... He's like a, Jesus going around fighting giant no, monsters he, he or something? Because I want to watch like that. A, uh, a kabuki hair metal band guy, but uh, it's God Man. You think about Space Giants? Yeah, he was on God Man. Ba-boom. <laughs> no, no, not on Space Giants. Oh, okay. No. Because that's like your hairy robot. That's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It actually like kind of does one. look a little bit like Godman does look a little teeny tiny bit. Like, really? Uh, I am completely like unfamiliar with Goldar this Goldar here. Goldar, that's right. That was his name. Yeah. Because you can see my computer yeah, from I where check you're this sitting. Out. This is Godman. Anyway. Uh, so yes, he did make. Oh, some, bust did me off a piece a, of that! What the <laughs> heck am I looking at? Uh, God, yeah, dude, uh, I have. I think I have a couple of episodes of Godman. I can wow. Anyway, so Godman uh, was like, where he, he like, also came like, back. But it looks like Inframan with Andy Warhol's hair. Yeah, <laughs> it's, really? it's one of those shows. Like Toho made some shows to compete with the, you know. Uh, the immeasurable shows. Sure. ultra yeah. shows, all and, the yeah. super I, actually the super Aya shows more yeah, instead of just saying ultra shows. So like they had fireman, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. And so everybody was like, all right, well, I guess we're going to make our Sentai hero or our uh, yeah. Henshin hero. And that's really, that's and, really and what kind of started it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to check that out. I well, like, keep uh, in mind that by the time Gorosaurus is on that show, he's looking pretty bad. A little ratty. So I don't know if you can see this <laughs> tiny little image, but that's uh, yeah, does not look oh, as got new nearly hands. as good as he's he got does. like he's got like mole claws or something. Like. Either that <laughs> or they just yeah, like big the old latex like, is, yeah, know, dissolved, dissolving you know, and everything. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, they look. They sort of like what happens when the creatures, the kaiju, the suits themselves, like they start breaking down, is they get like softer looking. They actually kind of start to look more like the Sofubi style. <laughs> That's the funny. nice crisp stuff. So like there's this one sort of famous photo set of a bunch of like uh, kaiju suits in various states of disrepair. And some of them just look like they've been inflated and deflated <laughs> too many times. Sure. They just They look sad. That's mm. what they look like. Anyway, uh, back to it. Yes. Gorosaurus. Fantastic. Great design. Yeah. Great, yeah. You know, great I, design, I really like it. And I, and I think that, uh, that it that it all it does is showcase how truly crappy King Kong looks. Yeah, he looks really bad in the but, film. But you know, again, it's like you got Mechanicon, you got Gorosaurus, can't go wrong. Yeah, I was saying uh, while we were watching the film that I I actually enjoy the sixty two suit better in terms of I think the facial design, and that's just something in the 
King Kong escapes that I just don't dig at all. He does not look good. Although uh, the eyes, I think, were the big impetus behind that, like mm-hmm. trying to make the eyes look more like an eighty-year-old guy with cataracts. They're mo- <laughs> the eyes. Yeah, exactly. The eyes look better than they did in '62 when they tried to make like actual eyes. Like if anybody remembers watching King Kong versus Godzilla when they had the puppet, and you know. There, you can see King Kong's pupils. It looked badly painted, and I mean, like, <laughs> that's not even a gross overstatement. That is legit. Like, it really looked like somebody did not take the time to put in round eyeballs and actually paint them. I'm uh, going off on a tangent that I don't need to go off on. The Kong just was my least favorite part about the movie. The the look of Kong, ironically. Yes, yes, but I agree with you. And then, uh, but as far as my favorite part of the movie, um, Gorosaurus actually probably is like the best aspect of this film. And he sort of does, like you're saying, Dave, stand alone as sort of like really, really just far and away being better than uh, most of the other production design in the film. Not pretty much all of it. Not that it's bad, but I mean, I'm even talking about like set design and yeah. And vehicle designs. I mean, we had a lot of fun making fun of the hovercraft, but that it was kind of ridiculous, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I I really like Gorosaurus, and I'm like you. I'm glad he showed up in Destroy All Monsters. Heck yeah! Uh, I'm very very glad that they used him in uh, Godzilla Rulers of Earth, and I can't remember if he was in any of the IDW titles other than that. But yeah, Gorosaurus. Like, I love Gorosaurus as a design, and it's so cool to see him utilized well, at least in, you know, one fight. <laughs> uh, Brian, what did, what did you like about Best? Um, <clears throat> well, I've always been a really big fan of Mechanicong. I think that the design is really great. I love the sound effect he makes. The I love that. And... I was always really a big fan of the uh, Tokyo Tower fight because it's just so big. Like, you never see Godzilla climb a building like that. And, of course, you see King Kong do that all the time. But it was just so neat that it's Tokyo Tower and it looked – to me as a kid, it looked really fun. (laughs) Like, it looked really, really fun. And that has never, never died down. I always look at that scene. I'm like, man, it looks fun. It just looks fun to climb that. Like – the someday you're going to get to Tokyo and you're going to be like, oh, I can't climb it. I'm going to wear a King Kong outfit and do it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> just show up in the lobby with your King Kong outfit on. If I just showed up in that specific in the King Kong Escapes Kong outfit, if I sure. just showed up, would sure. they be like, oh, look at this guy. Somebody oh, no. make this man a King Kong Escapes mask. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mechanic Kong is is awesome to me. That's, uh, that's my favorite part. He's by far. pretty cool. I got to say that... I like the design of Mechanicong a lot and uh, the things I don't like about it, but overall, like he's a pretty cool robot and specifically the Genesis for the mechanical version of the something. So uh, what about you, Rachel? Um, I'm going to go, I, I guess um, for me, it, I, I liked, I liked the fight scene at the beginning, the, the with Gorosaurus, sure, of course, yeah, I think yeah. you know he's definitely a selling point for me, and and I thought it was kind of fun the way they shot it, where it'd go back and forth a lot between like face shots of each of them, like in the scene, and um and the way they were fighting, and of course 
the ending of him ripping his face open was pretty epic and disturbing. And it's also, that's yeah. a reference too. I yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, that's right. Before, I, yeah. I haven't brought it up yet since we've mentioned it a few times, but yeah, King Kong rips the jaw off of the Tyrannosaur in the original. And if you want to get oh, real nerdy. that's right, he does, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Uh, in the 1976 version, King Kong ripped the jaw off of a snake because they couldn't oh, afford yeah, right. to make that's a Tyrannosaurus. Right. Yeah, and so then I appreciated, yeah, the references to the 1933 King Kong film as well, like, and with the snake, even, he fights a snake yeah. in the water and stuff, and that is a terrible looking snake. What? Um, but, <laughs> but I have to admit, because I hate snakes, I still found it kind of like, oh God, it's a snake, like it kind of did freak me out a little bit yeah it was a little bit repulsive even though it was a really badly done snake (laughs) i actually thought they deserved points for flattening out its tail it was a sea snake Mm -hmm. it wasn't just a regular old snake oh okay it's in the sea rudder on it yeah he's got he's got a a flat it's like oh Mm -hmm. look at at you guys little little verisimilitude there with your (laughs) with your bearskin rug king kong outfit good for you (laughs) when i was a little kid i thought it was insane that they didn't use monda Oh, really? oh, but I was a little kid, and I, w- I wanted every monster in every movie. So, <laughs> yeah, I, d- I would not have had that. Uh, that's that in bounds. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. in bounds. All right, what about you, man? You got to have like something about the film. Yeah, aside from aside from watching it with your friends. Well, I I, I do think uh, the Gorosaur suit was really good. The one thing that I will say though is I don't think the suit was worn well. There was a lot of times where I really felt like the way the suit moved with the suit actor inside was sure. not very good on the torso. Okay. It really gave it away, which I thought was really sad because it really was a good sculpt. Um, and I liked Mechanicong. I thought that just the way they designed the suit and the way the suit actor moved in the whole thing sure. was was really good. They did a much better job. And we've complained about the Kong in this one, especially with the facial features. But the arm extensions that they had in there, like the hands that are off of there, there are times when you can see that suit actor pick up the arms and you can see the ends like yeah. flap down. <laughs> I, was, I was specifically was, laughing during the Element funny. X area when yeah. he's just flailing. They're just, they're just noodles out there whipping yeah. around, but uh, which is interesting that uh, that 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 is where they really did a, a poor job because the Gorosaurus was done well and the Mechanicong is done really well. Um, I actually think that the exterior of that sub was done really well and shot really poorly. Interesting, and I don't I don't know why that was. There was a few things like that when they were in the Tokyo town. I kind of feel like the stuff for Tokyo was built well and shot poorly on all of that stuff as well. And I, I, it's really when they got into the Tokyo Tower, which I thought the Tokyo Tower was was not only built well, but just the way the suit actors were climbing in there, they did a really good job. There's a there's a couple of spots where it looks like they're doing a shot from like the ground up, and it clearly looks like they're kind of miniatures and the miniatures don't have much movement. So they're really limited. They look a little goofy, but the stuff with the suit actors climbing was a really good job. And by then they had cut a lot of the light. And I think that really helped in how they were shooting it for whatever reason. But I thought they did a really good job with that kind of stuff. I think there was a, a lot of studio pieces like that, that were built well, just shot badly. Interesting. I, I noticed there were a few like, uh, filming aspects that I noticed this time that I didn't notice before. Uh, like for example, I was like, there's a lot of cell animation going on in this actual film and a lot of rotoscoped 
people. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think they were trying new things as best they probably could in, in some aspects. But uh, I definitely noticed some animation going up the, the Tokyo Tower that I liked. King mm-hmm. Kong, when he first starts climbing, the, it's, it's like they actually filmed him climbing something and then they just rotoscoped him mm-hmm. onto mm-hmm. the actual tower. Yeah. Uh, and because it was such a far away shot, I thought it really worked well. Yeah. Yeah. Is um am I uh am I making stuff up or did Rankin Bass have something to do with the last dinosaur? Oh I man, if only know. there was some. There were <laughs> I don't, it's, and this is like a really I had this weird sense of deja vu as we were watching this movie. There were a few of like the shots like that Martin was talking about, like the exterior shots of of the uh Yes. Of the um yes, I'm I'm not making that up. You're not making it up. Okay. They, they did a co-production it looks like there was there was something about the way that like the surfacing sub was shot and some of the island exteriors and stuff were shot that reminded me more of the last dinosaur than reminded me of other toho films interesting yeah and i'm just wondering if if like if i'm making that up or not well there is a 10-year gap between the two that is quite a long time yeah especially when you're talking about tokusatsu films but did they also do the Land of Time Forgot movies? Is that the same effects people who were doing the Land of Time Forgot movies? Uh, I don't know. But I know that The Legend of Dinosaurs and Birds was shot at Toei. That's a Toei mm. film. Maybe some of the same guys. Are, it just it seemed like some of the tech, same techniques were being used. They might have had some of the same dudes movies. working on it the just same looked, yeah, production it just, it just struck me as being very similar for some reason. But, you know, it's also been 20 years since I've seen The Last Dinosaur, so. Yeah, I, I don't could actually been making know this if I've ever seen ma- the last oh, dinosaur. with like with Richard Boone and like the uh Really? Maybe. Oh no, it's Boss. You yeah, know, you you would love it. Okay. Yeah. It's like an American kaiju movie. Yeah, I Yeah, I'm thinking I've never seen that movie. Oh, we need to correct this. Yeah, I know. We need to correct it for for reals. Yeah, okay. I don't know where you get it. Uh, I'll figure it out. I'll bet you will. <laughs> I have little doubt of that, my friend. Anyway. All right. So we'll move into our own final thoughts and then we'll get moving on to some other items. So Dave, final thoughts after the movie, after the discussion, where does this movie sit for you? Would you show it to a newbie? Um, I would show it to a newbie. I would probably, um, I would warn them beforehand. It's not that it's probably less serious. Than others, and I think I would start a drinking game called uh, Doctor Who's Teeth. Oh, <laughs> boo! I think okay. by the end, by the end of the movie, it'd be a lot, it'd be a lot easier to take. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. All right, Martin. Uh, I, while I may not have loved it and appreciated it as much as others, I did have a good time watching it. Right. Um, but I would not recommend this to a newbie. <laughs> that is understandable. All right, Rachel. I I think that I have an appreciation for McCanny Kong now that you know I've I've finally seen this movie um and Gorosaurus um but I definitely um th- would not recommend it to somebody re- really unless just for curiosity purposes maybe others should watch it if you are a kaiju fan I think it's worth throwing it in there. For but the Yeah, yes, but if you okay. really have a heart for King Kong, I wouldn't sell you on this movie because of that. You actually, you almost sound a little bitter that it's I'm, King Kong. I, I'm disappointed, it's actually. Okay. It's yeah. totally okay to be disappointed yeah, because I, like, I don't have that connection to King Kong. Like, 
I right. don't. I, I enjoy King Kong films, but I don't love King Kong films. I definitely don't find a connection with myself to King Kong and his relationship with his lady. Oh, I do. <laughs> I'm not uh, saying you I don't. I'm do. just saying that I don't. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm not the only naysayer in the uh, group this right, time. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it's something that I guess um, for me, honestly, I like. I like King Kong Lives better than this movie. Oh, okay. Wait, what? Uh, divorce. <laughs> you just Our got story. a new house. That was too oh, bad. Oh, I know. It was a good run. Yeah, it was. Are you not familiar? Where does King Kong live? Yeah. Well, it's that oh, movie right there, boy. but that looks awesome. The actual movie is not, not like even that. close. Uh, that's yeah. not the, oh, I, I thought that it's, was the Dino De Laurentiis one. It, it's, it's the sequel, sequel to the Dino yeah, like De Laurentiis. There was a sequel. Yeah. And Linda yeah. Hamilton from Terminator is the uh, is the woman of it. But yeah, there's yeah. there's a female Which Kong. Is, wow. She's way better. Ter- I mean, come on. She is movie. way better than she, Linda no, Miller. Oh, yeah. Sure. She's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Linda yeah. Hamilton is way better an actress uh, than Linda Miller. She's amazing. Without a doubt. That was like 79 or 80. Is that when that came out? 87 is the sequel. 87? It was that late in there? First one is 76. So there's a huge gap. And uh, it, it opens far. with King Kong getting a heart transplant. Yes. Yeah. I'm not making that up. Yeah, he has oh. that. It yeah. is, it's so much more of a spectacle. It was a mechanical a heart, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it was a yeah, mechanical it's got a pacemaker heart. Yeah. On it. Yeah. What? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a lady it's Kong great. that Kong meets and falls oh, in love with. Yes. And she's oh, yes. And he, like, fairly gives her anatomically snake. correct. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's. It's awesome. It's great. I love it. So, but it's bad. Yeah. I'm offended. It's great and it's badness. I'm offended by this well, movie's existence. But I kind of thought it'd be a lot. I thought King Kong Escapes would be along those lines. I thought it'd be like kind of B movie bad, like weird, bizarre plot. You know, I thought it'd be kind of off the wall kind of movie. And it is, but not in the way I was hoping for. Like, okay. it just didn't work for me. So. so, for the first time in the history of any movie ever, someone said, it's not as good as King Kong Lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. There's your meme, Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, so, cool. yes. Okay, so, we're just gonna move on yeah. to Brian's final thoughts. Uh, I love it because it is like a Japanese fever dream version of the original King Kong mixed with a James Bond movie. And it's for kids. Yes. But it's so, like the Moonraker of James Bond movies. I'll, I'll grant you that. I'll grant yeah. you that. Wow. But it's. <laughs> is, that a, is that a knock? That is that's, a, uh, that's a pretty big knock. Yeah. yeah. The Moonraker is definitely the Phantom Menace of all the James Bond movies. Okay. <laughs> um, but. I love it. It's it's definitely geared towards kids. Uh, if I had a kid, I would totally make them watch this. Any kid I would be around, I would make them watch this. And then people would <laughs> angrily be like, that man bleeds to death. Why did you show my kid that? And be like, hmm. So, but yeah, I love it. Life it's lessons, great. lady. Yeah. Yeah. Life lessons. Yeah, man, I watched that when I was a kid. I watched Speed Racer when I was a kid, and that's like, got a really high body count. So that's what, you know, that's fun. All right. Well. <laughs> that sounds weird, but it's fun. You know, we've got a lot of kaiju movies that we can go to. And for me to keep going back to King Kong escapes fairly frequently in, in terms of giant monster movies, I think speaks to how much I enjoy the film. (laughs) Um, Now I completely understand that it's ludicrous and I, I guess I don't care uh, so much about 
how uh, how viable the actual <laughs> plot points are in a story. Uh, I just really enjoy the film, and like the fact that Rhodes' reason is always talking like this is, does not bother me at all. It doesn't bother me that uh, they. Uh, that they fight a that Kong fights a sea snake and you know none of the things that should bother me about this film really do so I I wouldn't necessarily show it to a brand newbie just because um <laughs> just because I'm afraid of putting them off because there are some <laughs> some faults in the, in the film but I think if you were to do something where you're like well I'm going to show somebody like some of the good fun films and make that sort of like in a group of kaiju films that you're showing somebody. Like if you're like, Oh, come over for the marathon. Then you're going to show them maybe like seven. This might be in that list. It might not. (laughs) It might. (laughs) It's got a pretty, you know, it's got a pretty strong contender. It also depends on, on what they like. Right. So like you guys know, I started dating lady Kyle, like almost four years ago. And one of the first movies I showed her was GMK. And she was like, oh, yeah, I didn't really care for it so much. But then I showed her Destroy All Monsters, and she was like, I love that. That's awesome. I was like, hey, you want to watch King Kong Escapes? It's kind of goofy, a little cheesy. You might enjoy it. And she absolutely adored it. So yeah. uh, I think that if you're talking about the right kind of person that likes the right kind of aspects of these films, I think King Kong Escapes would be a fantastic film for someone like Lady Kyle. But – like I said, I know it's got flaws. So um, now before we move into the Daikaiju discussion. Okay. So we did get in some listener discussion. We did get some calls in for listener homework and we're going to start things off with Mike Keller. Hi, Kyle. This is Linda Miller, star of King Kong Escapes. This is what I sound like. I'm calling because Mike Keller wanted to mix things up this month and he asked me to call in on your little phone thingy to read his thoughts instead of typing up an email like he usually does. Hey, this stuff is all Greek to me. I'm still using 1960s technology. Anyway, Mike thinks what better way to celebrate the holiday season than by watching a savage ape beat the living tar out of his opponents. But enough about Conor McGregor. King Kong Escapes is a colorful little film that exists in its own universe. Set apart from the rest of the Toho Showa mythos, this King Kong is neither the ape from the 1933 movie nor the monster that battled Godzilla in 1962. This is actually supposed to be Kong's first appearance, and in fact is very loosely based on the Rankin-Bass animated, SIC in quotes, television show from the 1960s. This movie was a co-production with Rankin-Bass, but doesn't really have any continuity with that show aside from the robot Kong and the villain Doctor Who. Speaking of Doctor Who, this character, played by Ace Yamamoto, is obviously not the same individual as the BBC's infamous Time Lord, and Linda Miller is unfortunately nowhere near as hot as Jenna Coleman. Hey! Yeah, like you're some spring chicken, Mike. Anyway, notice that moment when the late Rhodes' recent brother of Rex is interrogating Mehama about her country of origin, and he lists off every nation in Asia except for Korea? What are we supposed to deduct from that, hmm? Uh, okay, and, and Laos. And, and Cambodia, and it, okay, never mind. Okay, and speaking of Rankin-Bass, which we haven't been for about a paragraph, Mike, so get with the program, please. Uh, Mike, uh, Kong looks less like an ape in this film and more like the abominable snowman from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mike digs the design, but of course it's trumped by both Gorosaurus and Mechanicong. In fact, a lot of Japanese monster fans prefer this film to King Kong vs. Godzilla overall. 
Mike doesn't, not just because it doesn't have Godzilla in it, but also because he just doesn't like it as much. So there. But uh, someone who apparently liked it much less is film critic Roger Ebert, who literally wrote a scathing review of it in the 1960s based solely from a publicity still photograph that depicted action that didn't happen in the film. Mike mentioned this on the Usenet back in the 1990s, and someone claiming to be Roger Ebert found out about it and engaged in an interesting debate that went on for about a month and became the stuff of legend in the annals of Rex Arts movie Monsters. There's still no certainty about whether the person actually was the real Roger Ebert then, but Mike is pretty sure that if the review elicits a new angry email, that's probably not the real Roger Ebert now. In closing, Mike wants to know what was up with that crazy native dude, why was he alone on Mondo Island, and knows that this film is a little more free with bloodshed than Tsuburaya usually preferred. Also, this is being recorded before the 12th, so if McGregor lost, sorry. Okay, I'm done. Who the heck is Jenna Coleman? Uh, we also got homework in from Mr. Stephen Vale. Actually, I guess it's a rabbi. Hello, Kyle and company. Rabbi Steve here with my thoughts on King Kong Escapes. have to tell you, I had doubts about this movie going in. I'm a diehard King Kong fan, and although I enjoyed King Kong vs. Godzilla, the jokey tone of that, which set the tone for later Godzilla movies, not so good, somehow made me avoid this one, thinking that it would be the same or worse. Boy, was I wrong. I'm so glad this came up for homework, and I decided to tackle it. This was a pure delight. Not only was it a good kaiju movie, but it was a good King Kong movie, and that was a surprise. It could be argued that this was the template for other later King Kong movies, the reciprocal two-way female blonde to large ape connections, although there had been other movies like that before. This one seems to be the first to really set up that reciprocal relationship of respect and caring between King Kong and a female human blonde and therefore a definite inspiration for King Kong 1975 and Peter Jackson's retelling years later. And this film is good enough that certainly those filmmakers must have been aware of it and probably even liked it. I certainly do. While the plot was sometimes forced and logic went out the window, I didn't mind. It was too much fun. The MacGuffin of Element X is as good a MacGuffin as one could ask. The sets, set pieces, miniatures, practical effects, special effects of all kinds, music direction, and even the English voice dubbing are all superb. Interesting human relationships and a compelling, creepy, truly evil mad scientist played by veteran voice legend Paul Fries as the voice of Doctor Who, as well as pretty much all the radio voices, and I think one of the henchmen. Speaking of the Doctor, this movie had a distinct James Bond flavor. This Doctor Who is very much in the mold of Doctor No from the movie of the same name. Also having a femme fatale spy worthy of James Bond and also being played by an actress who was a Bond girl and you only live twice doesn't hurt. Especially the eyes. Didn't hurt mine anyway. And speaking of the miniatures and practical effects, I especially love the hovercraft in the Tokyo Tower which was clearly a labor of craft and love allowing both Mecha Kong and Organic Kong to climb on it. It was also refreshing to see at this early date more than just a hint of romantic relationships between Asian and Caucasian. This felt like the kind of universal statement that Ishiro Honda liked to make, his version of the Martin Luther King Jr. dream. The suits were a mixed bag. The live Kong suit had seen better days and it looked the worse for wear. I did like the way the eyes were both made and photographed on King Kong, very expressive. The other kaiju suits were great. Loved Mechakong. Also liked the way Mechakong seemed to stumble at the beginning. Also cool how they borrowed the footage of Gorosaurus from Godzilla's Revenge all those years in the future to use in this one. 
I will definitely watch this movie multiple times. It's a real keeper and definitely a film I could use to introduce to newbies. Too mechanical and too organic. Thumbs up. So just a quick uh, point to add to Steve's points there. You know, I was complaining earlier about the eyes. The eyes of the Kong suit are terrible, but they're not as terrible as they were in 62. What I really appreciated, though, was even though they didn't look very realistic, they, what do you say? They looked like <laughs> someone. Oh, like like 80-year-old cataract eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though they didn't look very realistic, what they did, I thought, a great job with for 1967 was creating that, uh, you know, the whole blinking aspect of the eye. So you've got the eyeball that moves inside the blinking eyelids and the facial expressions, which were not something to put on a pedestal uh, of King Kong, (laughs) but the combination thereof, like when he's trying, you know, when they're trying to hypnotize him, I thought was really great. And Mm -hmm. I was very pleased with the, with the end result there. It definitely paved the way for uh, like Godzilla 85, where they put a lot of attention into the eyes and stuff. I would say. Yeah, I would say that too, for sure. I mean, I think that ever since the the kaiju boom happened and, you know, you start getting more and more kaiju, they're looking at ways of improving the suits so that they have moving eyes or Mm -hmm. they can turn their head, you know, which does not always happen, you know. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it seems like a logical progression to keep improving the suits in that definitely harkens up to 1984's Godzilla. Uh, All right, so we're going to move along to our homework. Adam says that after completing Will You Marry Me, Honda returned exclusively to the world of fantasy films, a return marked by a reunion with one of the monsters who had given him the greatest commercial success, King Kong. As a legendary figure, Kong was still going strong, particularly on American television, with a Rankin-Bass cartoon series produced in 1966, The U.S.-based production company co-produced a new Kong film for Tomoyuki Tanaka, providing additional funding in exchange for exclusive worldwide distribution rights. Takashi Kimura was somehow persuaded to write a screenplay along lighter lines, although he had not been involved with King Kong vs. Godzilla, and he was certainly not the sort of writer keen on adding comedic elements into his films. So, just to pause for a second, Takashi Kimura and uh, Sunichi Sekizawa were basically the two screenwriters that you know every Showa kaiju film from. And Sekizawa was more lighthearted, and Kimura was darker. So Kimura wrote the screenplay for Matongo, and he wrote the screenplay for Mm. Destroy All Monsters, actually. (laughs) And, like, you know, and Sekizawa wrote the screenplay for Mothra vs. Godzilla and Monster Zero. So it's sort of like if you think of a lighthearted romp, that's not Kimura. <laughs> so that's what uh, that's what Adam is getting at here. As it happens, King Kong Escapes not only lacked the comedic flavor of King Kong vs. Godzilla, it's actually a much more violent film. The film's greatest irony is that the acquisition of Element X, talked about throughout the entire film, is never ultimately possessed by anyone. Nelson refers to Doctor Who as an old acquaintance, but their previous relationship is never expanded upon. Nelson, Nomura, and Susan rendezvous with a Japanese PBY patrol plane piloted by two of Who's men. And after boarding the craft, Nomura whispers to his colleagues that he doubts the pilots are really Japanese, nor does he give them a reason for his suspicions and suggests no alternate plan. The film is peppered with Bondian dialogue. When Madame X offers Nelson a drink, he laconically replies, Sure, why not? The beautiful femme fatale hidden communication devices 
fantastic machines, and a flamboyant villain. An even clearer tie with Bond occurs near the film's end when Who's Men make their last stand on the ship, firing away in a last-ditch effort to fend off King Kong. It bears a striking similarity to a scene near the end of Thunderball when Emilio Largo's lackeys fire machine guns at their pursuers while perched on an immobile sea craft. Since Tsuburaya's inspiration to work in the field of special effects came after seeing the original King Kong, it seems he felt indebted to pay a tribute to the film that had meant so much to him by recreating Kong's battle with the Tyrannosaurus slash Allosaurus by having his Kong fight a Gorosaurus, arguably the most beautifully designed monster costume in the entire Toho universe. In paying respects to O'Brien's magnum opus, however, Tsuburaya confirmed the limitations of using costumed actors as monsters in a battle that is poorly choreographed, clumsy, and unconvincing. Kong's fight with the snake is even less impressive, despite Nakajima's frenetic attempts to give the lifeless prop a sense of life. On the other hand, Kong's melee with Mechanicong is brief and well choreographed. While the battle on the Tokyo Tower is very effective, one feels the robot is really pummeling the ape. The scene where Who's helicopters abduct King Kong is the best scene in the movie. Filmed with various pans, interesting camera angles, crisp editing, and helped enormously by Nakajima's convincing performance as Kong. Throughout the entire film, it's obvious that King Kong Escapes is intended as a diverting experience, fun for kids, pleasing for adults, and overall enjoyable to watch. But during the scene when Kong attacks Who's ship, who is seen sneaking away while his minions empty their ammunition at Kong, so it's presumed that he will live to fight another day. Instead, Honda films a horrific shot of Who gargling up blood as he is slowly crushed to death by his control console. It certainly stands out as the grimmest and bloodiest death in any Honda film, even more so in this case, since Who's gory, grisly demise is completely out of place in a movie that is fundamentally family fair. Incredibly, the film received a G rating, when it was shown in America, despite the fact that whose sickening death was retained. I should say that in 1967... Standards were standards much Standards were much different, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, there's... Because wasn't Jaws rated Rod, Jaws PG? Jaws was PG. PG. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you used to be able to show nudity in PG-13. There's all sorts of rules now. It for, used to be PG-13. Yeah, they're not until True. Uh, the 80s. PG-13, PG so. I remember when that showed up. Yeah. yeah. Anyway... There was, however, one moment that beautifully characterizes the glory of the genre, and it happens just after Mechanicong has slid down into the crevice at the North Pole to begin his search for Element X. As the machine stands at the ready, it suddenly raises its arms and shrieks triumphantly. Why the robot would be instructed to perform such a frivolous act is open to question. It is not the sort of thing that Who would have permitted, yet the moment is entirely indicative of the spirited and freewheeling nature of Toho's fantasy films. Okay, what if someday someone were to make a realistic version of King Kong Escapes with a good-looking suit, or Fuji monkey, whatever, and... Uh, and like a legit plot that made sense. <laughs> like, Peter Jackson's King Kong Escapes. Peter Jackson's <laughs> King Kong Escapes. Oh, God, it would be four hours long. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> no, 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 I was just going to say that. No. Way too long. All right. So moving I'd to, on. I'd give it to Zack Snyder. Clancy really digs both King Kong films that were produced by Toho and wishes there were a few more. Specifically, a team up film that would include Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, King Kong, and Mechanic Kong. Boy, that's so true. I gotta add. I'd be down with that. Yeah, totally, yeah. Right. and you can throw in Son of Kong and uh, Minya there too if you really wanted. Yeah, Minya. <laughs> <laughs> 
He really enjoyed the Arctic setting. The bleak landscape and North Pole base were an excellent match for Mechanic Kong. Not to mention the perfect climate for wearing your sweet, sweet cape. (laughs) (laughs) The look and feel made him wonder what Toho would have done with their own remake of The Thing, given the chance. Oh, wow. That's an alternate universe I want to live in. Holy cow. Uh, The fight scene between King Kong and the dinosaur really showed the brutality of Kong. Kong stomps and crushes the dino, beats his chest in fury, then continues to pummel the monster until foam emits from its mouth. Finally, Kong stands above his enemy, beating his chest again in victory. It feels quite savage in a movie that at other times leans towards the Rankin-Bass involvement. King Kong Escapes is not Clancy's favorite 60s Toho film, and he would easily pick King Kong vs. Godzilla over it, if only because the fight between Godzilla and Kong is one of his favorite kaiju fights. He still feels that it is essential for a kaiju collection and worth repeat viewings. He leaves us with this kaiju confession. When King Kong bounced that rock off the serpent's head, Clancy, alone in his apartment, late at night, laughed much too loudly. Then he rewound, watched again, and laughed aloud once more. (laughs) (laughs) Michael says that before Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, there was King Kong Escapes. This film is far from being one of Toho's best, but it does have its highlights. Tsuburaya's miniatures were very well done, but he can't say the same for Kong himself, while the suit is superior to the 1962 suit and resembles the RKO Kong a bit more, it still has those big sleepy eyes and awful teeth. In contrast, Mechanicong was beautifully designed, and he especially likes its grenade belt, which could have been used in the fight against Kong. As a side note, Mechanicong's roar will be slowed down and used as the roar of Wyndham, Ultra 7's first of three capsule kaiju. The villains are laughable and far from sophisticated, Really, they had to name the mad scientist Doctor Who? Michael kind of wishes that Madame X was in charge while Doctor Who was working behind the scenes, only to show up near the end, similar to the reveal of the great leader of Shocker in the final episode of the original Kamen Rider series. Michael's favorite part by far was the final fight on Tokyo Tower, which was a great homage to the 33 Kong. Though it was enjoyable, King Kong Escapes has terrible pacing that's all over the place, which earns it a 2.5 out of 5 stars. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to the Kaiju cast, and Michael hopes that we are ready for the Year of the Ultra. He would also like to make a few corrections. He says Astromons is the first Kaiju Ultraman Taro fought, and he's not from Ace or 80, as stated in the videos, where the Kaiju remix is brought up. Also, in the episode right before G-Fest 2015, I said that uh, Noburo Kaneko was from Go Ranger, when he's actually a part of Gow Ranger from 2001. What is wrong with you? Yeah, I know. Man, I don't man. watch those shows. Man. I yeah. don't enjoy Jeez. them. Actually, so, yeah. actually, we were met, we were talking about this earlier to uh, uh, Michael. Is it who's uh, yeah uh, that uh, uh, Issei Amamoto, Amamoto? I don't know if I probably just slaughtered the uh, no no Issei Amamoto, Issei yeah. Amamoto um, was also wearing a badass cape in Common Rider. Oh, right oh. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He also wrote in a correction uh, for you earlier, Martin. A couple of oh, episodes yeah. ago, that it's not it's, it's not Cayman writer, it's common writer. But whenever I read his Daikaiju discussion, you weren't here, so I was <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that now. Well, I didn't I didn't know that either. I actually wore a common writer necklace to a tacky party that was at Kyle's house a while back, and he uh, quizzed me on that. 
and said, how do you pronounce that? And I said it totally wrong. So, there's, uh, so it's okay. It's there's, cool. There's, there's actually cool an, another just a jerk. In I know. So, yeah. This yeah. guy over here, man. <laughs> That's why they keep coming back. It's common. Common writer. Common writer, yeah. I guess. Like ramen? Like common exactly. like ramen. Actually like, uh, like ramen. See. Yeah. There's another version of the show, but it's harder to find, though. It's an uncommon writer. Oh. Uh, Thank you. Boom. Two oh, man. Hey. Nailing it there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the meme. Uncommon. Um, Uncommon writer. I need to see that. The last time Scott and Isabella wrote in was for episode 56's Kong versus Godzilla. Isabella now is able to take notes on her own. So they compared notes after the film. They both agreed that they were not fans of Kong's eyes. Maybe they tried to make them more human, but they came off as Homer Simpson-like. No! <laughs> nice. The rest of the film made the grade from Doctor Who looked like a speed racer bad guy to Mecha Kong. Mecha Kong has always been one of their favorite looking of all the rubber-suited foes. In this film, he is the yin to Kong's yang. His light-up eyes put Kong's eyes to shame. The props and sets are outstanding. You name it, from the submarine to the hovercraft. The big dig shots were Isabella's most like parts, followed by the tower climb finale. King Kong Escapes was played often on The Late Show when Scott was a kid. It is still in his top three Toho films. Isabella is more of a Godzilla fan and still stayed up late like a trooper to finish a late night viewing of this movie. <laughs> King Kong Escapes is one of those it's so bad it's good movies. That is not to take away anything from the wonderful acting of Akira Takarada, Rhodes Reason, and Mihama, Linda Miller, and Issei Amamoto. All of the main cast give wonderful performances that show that they were giving their full attention. The concept of a robotic counterpart to a giant kaiju was a fantastic idea that got refined and improved upon with all of the Mechagodzilla movies that followed. But Mechanicong was the first. The only downside to the movie is the title character's design. In several of the scenes, in several of the scenes you can clearly see where the zipper from the suit was located. While trying to hide it, it only helps to show it off. All in all, a great film to have playing in the background if you want something to listen to while working on another project. Personally, I have it playing regularly when I want to have something to go to bed. Four out of five chest beats. <laughs> Cameron writes, King Kong Escapes is a movie that he's been vaguely aware of existing for a while, but he hasn't actually seen it until just recently. He decided to buy the Blu-ray and make it his first homework submission. Well, first, it's very nice. Welcome, Cameron. I know, I Welcome. There you go, buddy. Uh, after discovering the podcast and binging on the back catalog, overall, he enjoyed it. It reminded him of a James Bond film. We're getting a lot of that. With the over-the-top Doctor Who and his secret North Pole base and the mysterious femme fatale, who has a change of heart when she meets the hero. And he loved that. The movie never slowed down, and the final battle on the Tokyo Tower was great. He also really dug the designs of Mechanicong and Gorosaurus. However, King Kong looks awful. His face looks incredibly bad and might even be worse than the suit used for King Kong vs. Godzilla. He also really disliked the female lead, Nurse Susan. She was so incredibly stiff and deadpan and she seemed like she was constantly reading off a teleprompter with no emotion. The movie also manages to completely waste Akira Takarada, one of his favorite Toho regulars of the era. Despite these complaints... He still enjoyed the movie, and he's glad he owns it. Now he just needs to get one of Doctor Who's fancy capes. 
Don't we all, Cameron? Don't we all? <laughs> Richard writes in, Greetings from Sweden. His favorite movie in the world is the 1933 Kong. He didn't care at all for the languid 1976 Dino De Laurentiis remake, which managed to drain all the fun out of a foolproof adventure movie concept. Richard would... <clears throat> Richard was sure that it was only that it was the only other Kong movie. Ugh. Richard was sure that it was the only other Kong movie apart from the follow-up to the original Son of Kong, which didn't really feature Kong. Now flashing back to a Saturday morning in 1986, he's 12 years old and he and his mom are visiting his dad in Michigan. She wakes Richard up quite early and states that she's seen, according to the local TV guide, a King Kong movie coming up. So he plunked himself down in front of the TV set with his breakfast and King Kong escapes thunders onto the screen. And though it isn't the stop motion effects that he so dearly loves, this film has fun and magic in spades. Having been a full-blown kaiju fan since at least the age of five, Richard instantly recognizes the look and execution of the film. Here's a different Kong from the 1933 original, but it's one that he instantly connects with. There's nothing that he dislikes about this film. Though the Kong suit is far from perfect, it works. Haruo Nakajima is as lively as ever in, an action, in the action scenes, but also measured in Kong's more quiet moments, and manages to instill lots of character into the great ape, again making this classic monster his own. Sakita also does a stellar job as both the agile Gorosaurus and the lumbering Mechanicong, which, by the way, look fabulous, both of them. Everything looks great in this darn movie. The movie fights are great, the model work is great, the soundtrack by the ever-reliable Akira Ifukube is great. He would have loved to see more of this Kong in a follow-up film, and would certainly show this to a kaiju newbie. Alright, there you go. Thank you guys all right for on. submitting your homework, that was really awesome. So before we wrap up the discussion, Brian, I asked you uh, if you would rank King Kong Escapes amongst the King Kong movies. I would even extend that out into other large gorilla movies if you wanted to. But if you want to stick with Kong, right. that is your prerogative. Well, I'm a big King Kong fan. And I would say that you would only add one non-Kong movie to that list. Mighty Joe Young? <clears throat> that is exactly the one you would add, yes. Oh, not okay. Konga? The original, Konga. not the Charlize Theron, right? Oh, yeah, there's two Konga. Mighty Joe Youngs. Yeah. 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 What about Mighty P. King, man? I would not add that. <laughs> <laughs> those are both. Those are That's both right. Because Dave and I went to go see that, that in the theater. That's funny. <laughs> sweet. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the original, 33 Kong, that's definitely the best. I would actually say Mighty Joe Young, the original, which I think is like 39. That's the second best of that type of movie. Okay. Uh, I would go uh, King Kong Escapes would actually be three. Super fun and Whoa. awesome. Yeah. Uh, King Kong 76, King Kong versus Godzilla. Whoa. Peter Jackson's King Kong, which is way too long. And uh, what? <laughs> I missed one. What's the one I'm missing? Uh, Son King, of Kong? King Kong Lives? King Kong Lives. King Kong Lives. Son bottom. of Kong and then King Kong Lives. I knew I got jumbled up there. So, yeah. Wow, you actually ranked the whole the whole kit and caboodle there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Impressive Big work, fan. sir. Yeah. Right on. I got honorable I got, mention. Number three, that, though. Number yeah. three. That's it's impressive. Really fun. It That's is really praise. fun. It is really, really fun. Honorable mention to Mad Monster Party. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Another rank and bass. Another rank and bass. Yeah, true. That is I was just good. thinking about that. I was like, well, didn't Paul Freeze do one of the voices on that? He probably did more than one. Probably did like all of them. Anyway, 
I'm assuming you're all wondering what next month's Daikaiju Discussion movie is. January 2016, we will see Gamera 3. Yes. All right. You were imitating the Japanese trailer voice. Gamera 3. I can tell. The real guardian of the universe. In the Pulp Fiction trailer, that guy says, Ving Rhymes. Yeah, so Gamera 3, which is available on Blu-ray. It was available on DVD. I think it still is. I think recently has been put out on DVD, so... Uh, plenty of places to watch it. I'm not sure if it's available on demand anywhere, but hey, if you don't own Gamera 3 Seriously. on DVD or Blu-ray <laughs> or even you. freaking VHS, what is wrong with you? You really need to. It's awesome. Anyway, uh, that is January, and so the deadline for that particular discussion, you need to send that in before Friday January 22nd to be included in the Daikaiju discussion. Uh, Now, don't forget, we have a handy-dandy contact form on kaijucast.com. You can send in your homework there. Uh, You can also send in your homework via voicemail. And if you would like to do that, you can either email me a MP3 of your discussion, which would be uh, sent to controller at kaijucast.com, or you can actually call in our number, which is 786 505-2458. Now, the three rules we have are, A, don't go over three minutes. It may not sound like much, but it's definitely enough time to get your concise thoughts out there to the listenership. Rule number two, don't swear. I don't want to bleep you, but I will. Rule number three, try, try, try to have your talking points hammered out before you even make that call. It's going to make everything better, and, you know, we always want things to be better. Those are the three, technically, ways you can get your homework in. You can email it via the contact form on kaijucast.com, call it in on the voicemail line, or email me an mp3 to controller at kaijucast.com. And also, one more housekeeping thing to bring up. Uh, for the live show, we are now officially soliciting uh, vendors, I guess, or... Sponsors? Uh, s- soliciting sponsors, yes. Thank you. Uh, for prizes, so if you have any suggestions or you know anybody who works for a really awesome company that makes Godzilla-related items and you think that they would be interested in donating to the emergency broadcast of 2016, please let me know. And also, longtime listeners are probably saying to themselves, hey, why no pickled ginger? Why did you stop doing that? And the answer is technically no, we didn't stop doing it. It's just one of those things where... Sometimes we record these things really late, and it's like, I don't need to keep these guys for very long. Plus, it was Pickle Ginger was sort of like the palate cleanser between the Daikaiju discussion and the news. And so because we don't have any news to cover in this episode, we won't be doing a Pickle Ginger. We are doing them, so please feel free to, you know, submit them. I still want to come up with a really cool way to do it so that I can actually partake. But we'll just figure that out later. Maybe what we can do is we can uh, incorporate some sort of pickled ginger for us in the live show, which is going to be happening January 31st. Mark your calendars now. The KaijuCast's live emergency broadcast will happen January 31st at 2 p.m. Pacific time. I'll put all this stuff in the show notes as well. Um, but I think that really just covers it right now. we got about a month to get this thing <laughs> up and running. But until then, 
Brian, Rachel, Martin, Dave, thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. Ray. Thank you. Thank you. Now we're going to close this episode out with two songs. The first is the opening track for Ultraman Ginga S. It's called Eiyu no Uta, which translates to heroic poetry, and it's by a Japanese band called Alfie. And that is a request from Michael, who said, 2015 was a great year, and I so far have enjoyed doing the Daikaiju discussions, or what's left of them. Given that 2016 marks the 50th anniversary of Ultraman, I would like to request a rockin' tune called Eiyu no Uta. I think it would be an awesome way to open up the year of Ultra by playing this song. And then the last song we'll play is King Kong by Frank Zappa, which is a request from Clancy. We'll be back for another episode in 2016! Jamata. So
運命のプレビュード偶然という奇跡の中で君だけを見つめて君だけを信じていつまでも君を愛し続けよう思い通りにならなくても自分らしく笑え明日を生きるため星空